What is happening, MCU cast friends? Uh, for you guys who have been following the show for a while, you know that me and Jeff have had our, uh, uh, well, let's say, debates about Star Wars over the years. And I have, I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. I like some of it. I like the concepts. I grew up on it a little bit, but I don't have the nostalgia everybody else has. So I sort of like, uh, I just don't see it as rose-colored as a lot of people. So... I have been pretty critical of Star Wars over the years, but everyone has been telling me for years I needed to watch things like Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, kind of get into the deeper stuff of Star Wars that sort of like has a chance to be a little more uh, complex, I guess. A little more time, a little more whatever. So, we've joked on the cast many times about having some, uh, having some content where uh, people try to make me like Star Wars uh, by showing me other Star Wars that's good. So... Uh, we finally, finally actually did that over on the Star Wars Universe podcast, me and Matthew Fox. Uh, I've been watching Clone Wars, and we've done, I believe, four episodes so far, uh, and I think it's called The Path to Obi-Wan, and we're doing uh, kind of Obi-Wan-centric episodes of Clone Wars and talking about those arcs, and it, honestly, it just turns into this broad discussion of Star Wars um, and kind of like the themes of Star Wars being led sort of by these Clone Wars uh, movie, Clone Wars episodes. But it's very loose, and we get into just, like, the concepts of the movies, and, like, Darth Vader, and what does he mean, and is he bad, is he good, is he, <laughs> like, you know, the ethics side of things that Matthew Fox likes to bring, and then the sort of, like, I like a good morally complex villain, morally complex hero, so it's a really interesting discussion, I think. Um, so I wanted to drop the first one here in our MCU cast feed, just to help the guys over at the Star Wars Universe podcast, and, uh, like, let the, let you guys know it's going on. So this is the part one, I believe there's four, three more parts over uh, on the um, Star Wars Universe podcast, so search the Star Wars Universe podcast, hit subscribe, uh, go check out these, like, four episodes. I think the last one's about to drop. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been calling it Path to Obi-Wan. Path to Kenobi is what the episodes are titled on their feed. So check those out. Path to Kenobi on the Star Wars Universe podcast. It's me and Matthew Fox breaking down some just broad themes of Star Wars, sort of being led by this Clone Wars episodes. Getting ready for the new Kenobi show. So uh, here's the first one. If you dig it, please check out Star Wars Universe podcast. And while you're thinking about it, just go over there and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, yo. Help out at a fellow Stranded Panda podcast. All right. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Stranded Panda, Make Matt Watch Star Wars, also known as this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast, where we're talking about the Kenobi show. This is going to be a journey we're taking with Matthew Carroll, who is on record of not being the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but wants to know more and uh, has been like, we've been talking about having a, him dump it, jive it there. Uh, We've been talking about having him jump into a show at one point, and the show is going to be Kenobi. So we're going to kind of, he's, he's taken some time to go through the Clone Wars episodes, to go through some of the older versions of Kenobi. We're going to talk about it with him, bringing on some other guests as well, all getting ready for the Kenobi TV show that will be going live on Disney Plus on uh, May 25th. So we'll get back to all that in just one moment. After this commercial break, we have no control over Welcome back. I'm Matthew Fox, your host. I'm joined by Matthew Carroll. Uh, Matthew, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Ready to Star Wars it up. 
I like it. I like it. So let's let's kind of just start right there because this is um, that for po- folks who don't really care about their personalities on here, we are going to talk mostly about Kenobi. I promise. And in later episodes, we're going to get just about the Kenobi stuff. But Matt, you've had kind of such a journey with Star Wars, and like you know, I think for a while on the podcasts and on the feet on the the chat rooms and stuff, we've had kind of a good natured banter. But you being the Star Trek guy, me being the Star Wars guy, and and kind of who likes more, who likes which more, and things like that. And it's been kind of a joke of, like, are we ever going to get Matt to, like, actually watch some Star Wars and talk about some Star Wars? Mm-hmm. And and I've been kind of always like, hey, the door's always open. And so a couple days ago when you messaged me and was like, hey, I actually want to watch this Kenobi show. And I'm watching some old, you know, stuff with Kenobi in it, especially the Clone Wars, to get ready for it. Um, tell me more about, like, what made you decide to do all this? Yeah, man. So, you know, I, obviously this is the Star Wars Universe podcast. Please forgive me, my friends. I, <laughs> I come in peace. This is a this is a gesture of peace, I promise. Uh, yeah, I've grown up. I grew, you know, I grew up watching Star Wars, too. Like, I, I didn't. It just wasn't my fandom growing up. Yeah. So I don't have the same nostalgia that everyone has for Star Wars. I mean, I do. Like, my dad showed it to me as a kid. But, you know, Star Trek was like this weekly part of my life whereas star wars was like the movies i saw a couple times um they just weren't the thing that i had on repeat and the 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 lore never not to say it never like resonated with me i enjoyed it but it just didn't have the same resonance that like something like star trek or even marvel or whatever did um and so when i've watched this more recent stuff i'm kind of like yeah it's fine like i i feel like i feel like sometimes on the new shows they have um weighted so heavily for the nostalgia that mm. it takes as a non-star wars fan like because i just don't i mean I, i've this is the thing so you talk about like matt's finally gonna watch stars i've seen almost everything like except right. for the animated stuff i just haven't seen the animated stuff i've seen everything live action um so i you know i'm it's not like i don't watch the stuff i i and i enjoy it when i watch it it's just a matter of it's just not my fandom, you know, so it's not, it's not the thing that I like gravitate to. Um, so I thought it'd be interesting. I've been meaning forever. And you've, you, I think you were one of the people who has kind of told me this. One of the things that I consider about star Wars and the reason that I don't like it as much is that I find the characterizations thin. Right. And part of that is the fact that like on a TV show, you get 20 episodes to explore a character and mm-hmm. I've only seen these movies. So it's like you get two hours, you know, it, right. it, it, so they're archetypes more, to me more than they are characters, but everyone has been telling me for years that the clone wars is like the thing to go watch because it's, you start at the beginning and you really get the relationship between mm-hmm. Kenobi and Anakin and Ahsoka and they start to, like really become real characters. And that's so that combined with Ewan McGregor, who I actually really love from just other things um, combined with it being the new star Wars show. I was like, I have to, I think I'll see this. You know, I really, so yeah. So I've even watched all the Mandalorian, all the book of Boba Fett, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. I just, again, it's just like, Oh, that was fun. Like, it's just not my fandom, but um I do. I'm really excited about Kenobi, so I thought this was a good time to like go through the Clone Wars. Watch. I'm not even watching them all. I looked up a, a guide online that's like, here's the episodes of Clone Wars to watch because yeah. I've just heard and I've tried to watch it in the past. And it's like I get three episodes in and I'm like, there's a lot of just kiddie stuff here. There's a lot of filler. There's a lot. Yeah. Of kids. Yeah. That's what I've. That's what I've been told. So I found a. I found a list of like, here's the five episodes you need to watch from season one. Here's the ten episodes you need to watch from season two. And you can tell it gets better because as the the Clone Wars guide that I'm following goes on. Right. It's like 
it is like that. It goes up, up, up every season. And the last season is like, no, you just need to watch it all. Just you should watch the whole thing. Season, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's so interesting. And one thing you're actually kind of helped me see that I never really realized is the Star Wars fandom, the way we talk about that, is in many ways, at least as broad as it is now, a much more recent development than the Star Trek one. Because, I mean, first of all, Star Trek starts, you know, about 10 years earlier. It starts in the 60s. Star Wars starts in the 70s. But then, you know, for my, you know, you and I are of similar generations. You're a couple years younger than I am, but we're, we're pretty close. Uh, we're both old fogies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, growing up, there was all of this Star Trek on TV all the time. You know, first there was the um, original series and syndication, and then there was um, six different movies that came out, and then even more with the right. uh, Next Generation ones. And then there was, you know, three different 21 year, twenty-one seasons of television between the seven of Next Generation, DS9, and Voyager. Meanwhile, there were literally three Star Wars movies. Yeah, exactly. And there was this Star Wars Legends canon of mm-hmm. the books, and that had a very big fandom, which is awesome, and I think it's wonderful. But but book book fandoms are almost always going to be a lot smaller than TV show fandoms, and I think, sure. So in many ways, like I I would have said I am a huge Star Wars fan, but I don't think I was part of a Star Wars fandom when I was a kid because I don't think it really existed in any way. I mean, it did for the books, but that was right. much harder to access in a lot of ways. At least yeah, for, for sure. Like me. And I knew a lot of people who see, and this thing is like when you're growing up and that whole Star Wars versus Star Trek sort of thing is happening. For me, I was just always like, yeah, Star Trek. I like watch it every week. And like, I, I actually, and I even read a lot of Star Trek books and I tried to get into the Star Wars books at some point. Cause I was like, I knew people who loved that, that fandom. And I also know people that like, it's kind of the same as I mentioned with the Clone Wars, where you have like this deep breadth of characters that you build over books that you just right. can't do in six hours of movie. Like literally for like most of our childhood, there's only six hours of this stuff on yeah. film. And um, I just never got into the books because partially because I wasn't into the characters that much. Yeah. Whereas I did get into them. Like, I, you know, with Star Trek characters, I'd, I read a lot of those books. And I think, uh, I, not everyone, but I think even a good deal of the most ardent Legends Star Wars fans will admit there are some very, very good Star Wars books that add quite a lot to the stories, and and it's like a shame that some of them are not canonical, although their ideas are often becoming canonical. Um, uh, Thrawn being the best example of that, who's Mm -hmm. not very much canonical. But but also, there was a period of time where the editors of the Legends canon, what they just called the Star Wars Extended Universe at that point, were like, oh, it's a Star Wars book! Cool! We'll publish it. Like, like the Clone Wars themselves, there's a lot of dreck to kind of get through. Sure. But I think one thing that's happened is, yeah, that now, once the Clone Wars started, and then Rebels started, and then all these other TV shows. So now, like, Star Wars has a very similar fandom to Star Trek, but it didn't when you and I were kids. So I think that, that kind of makes a lot of it happen. Yeah. Well, and even more than, like, Star Trek, I, the thing about Star Wars that you also have to, like, I think, think about is Star Trek is very much the morality play every week you have a different little thing and i think star wars is much more just the hero story the hero tale being told in kind of this circular manner the hero's journey circle or whatever um and i think like that is much more like marvel is 
Um, but what I love about Marvel and Star Trek is the deep universe and having this sort of like expansive, you know, I, you can grab this character from this other show and drop him in this show and you just have all this weight is immediately put on that moment because you know that character well. And, you know, right. we, we all saw that with Book of Boba Fett recently. I, I don't, I, I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, just didn't want to spoil, so spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, the, you know, dropping the Mandalorian in episode five or six or whatever that was, Mm -hmm. was just like a, you know, it was a breath of fresh air because we had this, like the Mandalorian shows. I'm like, Oh, I know this story. I'm totally into, you know, I'm like, I'm into, I know what's going on here. And it, I couldn't believe they spent two whole episodes on that. That was, (laughs) I'm sure y'all have talked about it, but that's nuts. Yeah. (laughs) I I love it. A lot of people don't. That's a whole other story. And I think in some ways though, because I know I've always wanted to push back a bit and say, I think Star Trek is much more like on the surface, clearly ethical questions. I think Star Wars does have some very good ethical questions that we actually just talked about in an episode of the Orville that will come out a couple weeks after this one. But, you know, about like temptation and like what is hating evil do in terms of like, you know, the dark side and all this right. kind of stuff. And, and, and I think much more of that gets developed in the Clone Wars and in, in some of the later stuff. Uh, but I think it's kind of perfect that you that Kenobi is where we're going to start because to me Kenobi is a very morally gray character in the Star Wars movies. You know, in terms of him like trying to keep Luke on this particular path, but also lying to Luke and, and all this stuff. Um, and and let me just kind of start there, like because I think for a lot of folks, like you know, like I think one of the best things about the Star Wars stuff that's coming out now, and one thing I'm really trying to push with this podcast is, I don't think in the same way that like I think it's fine. For, I back that up. You know, when I come on the MCU podcast or I write into you guys, I always like joke and say, "Look, I'm a dirty casual. I love the MCU movies. I ha- I don't watch them ten times each, and I haven't read all the comic books. And I like that the MCU stuff is as much for me as it is for the most hardcore comic book fans. Right, right. I want we'll this try. podcast, and I think Star Wars in general. Like, you know, sometimes it's a little more nostalgia than maybe it should be, but I think for the most part, part of the idea should be you can enjoy the new Kenobi show if you know everything about Kenobi. You also should be able to enjoy it, though, if you just remember Kenobi from the original movies and the prequels that you saw 20 years ago or 30 mm-hmm. years ago. So let me kind of just start there. Like, going into this watch of the Clone Wars, for you, what's, what's your impression of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi as a character? It is very much the, as I mentioned, I, I think of Star Wars and archetypes right. for the most part because I haven't had a deep experience with Kenobi. Um, I think of him as, you know, the good-natured teacher. You know what I mean? Like, he is the archetypical sacrificial good-natured teacher <laughs> um that is the role that role sort of picked up by yoda in the next movie mm-hmm. um but yeah and then and, and there's i love that's the one of the things that is evocative about the first uh film for me is that the idea that he has this deep relationship with vader that we just don't know about in the, yeah. at that point i loved that as a kid i, I loved the, the the fact that this universe has existed prior to now is fascinating and it's like it makes your brain light up it makes you imagine what their history could be exactly. uh, of, of course now we've seen the prequels and we know what their history was and it's it and i you know i enjoy their relationship i think in that is something that is like one of the better things in those movies that they're trying to explore their relationship definitely well especially because i think and you know it's subtle and so like it it it, it, it may not be the thing that stands out for people but so much of what I get when I watch those original Star Wars movies, the original trilogy, is Anakin is, is Obi-Wan's feelings of regret, you know, of that he has 
that whatever happened to Darth Vader, and you're right, at that point, we don't really know what it is, but he has some sense of guilt and some sense of, you know, I screwed up. I thought I could be the teacher Yoda was, and I couldn't. And now I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to do better with Luke, you know? And and I think it's one thing that the the prequels then explore even more, and then, as you said, the Clone Wars are going to do in even more detail, is, is really getting to see that, to see, like, what... What did Obi-Wan do right? What is Obi-Wan maybe blaming himself for that he shouldn't? And what, what did he actually, you know, have problems with? Because in those original movies, part of what winds up happening is he lies to Luke. And he tells Luke, you know, your father was murdered by Darth Vader. Um, when, when in actual the reality is that his father became Darth Vader. And as he famously says, well, you know, so in, in, in a way, your father was killed by Vader if you look at it from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. And, and to me... I love that because you're right, it's taking that that mentor idea, but it's also going one step further, though it's also, again, now a trope of the mentor is kindly and good and self-sacrificing, but also only gave you the information that the mentor thought you should have. You know, and so now the For hero sure. has to realize, like, my mentor wasn't perfect. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I guess I never thought about it as if he's not perfect. Mm-hmm. I thought, see, I, I guess I have this archetype of him being this, like, good and right decisions and he told him what he needed to know at the time like luke wasn't ready to know and i think there was a fear of him letting know letting him know that his father because you you know you find out your father is uh is alive uh and is around and he he wasn't he didn't die as a pilot for the uh republic or whatever and you you want to like run off and find him and then and he knows that luke isn't ready for that and he knows that luke kind of needs to and he he sort of it it is it is like there's there's a darkness to it because he kind of knows he needs to radicalize luke against vader before he knows he's his father you know (laughs) like he needs to wait until he's hanging on by one one hand to to find out that that's his father in front of him you know right Um, and i think that there's something in obi-wan that knows that and that like knows that luke has darkness in him too and he he doesn't want to let luke be convinced by vader uh, which you know vader tries to do later right yeah, I think it's, I I watched these movies last night again. I know you watched them many many years ago. Um, Been a few but, years, yeah. Yeah, I think I watched. I tried to watch the. I rewatched the first one before. Um, oh gosh, what was it? The the before the more recent trilogy began. Oh yeah, that, that was the that's the yeah. last time I watched it. But even that, that's still a good eight ten years. Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah. um, to me, one of the things that strikes me so much is that like I think I think absolutely everything you're saying about Obi Wan is right. I think though the part of what is proven by the end of it is that Obi Wan was wrong. You know, because Obi-Wan thinks, like, you have to kill Vader. You have to go this far. And, of course, it ends up with that Luke was red. Luke was able to resist Vader in the way Obi-Wan and Yoda thought he couldn't. And um, So, yeah, to me, that's just it's just such an interesting dynamic as well, seeing all that. That's a classic question, though, is, like, was he wrong? Because, right. like, he's yes, he, yeah. I think the way that he's wrong, specifically, is that he doesn't, he no longer believes Anakin's redeemable. Right. And that's pretty dark because the thing that Luke is able to like, he, I I do think that he's trying to protect Luke and he's trying to keep Luke on the side of the light Mm -hmm. when he doesn't tell him the truth. I mean, okay. Being real. I don't know that when they wrote that movie, they knew they were going to make Vader the father. I kind of wonder, um, (laughs) um, but, but like, like I wonder if that mistake or like him being like that lie was just a, a, a problem of the script writing. Um, 
originally? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you may know. Did, it, it, it was I, it? My understanding is that they they just that Lucas had played with the idea, but that it wasn't like officially decided until they started writing the second movie. So yeah, gotcha. so like there's an extent to which, like the way they phrase it as how he did it is kind of a retcon, but also makes total sense with you know how I think they leave it open ended enough in the first movie that it's not like they're compromising it but yeah they, they weren't necessarily right. intending for that right well vader means father in german right like isn't that a thing does it uh, i believe so okay oh a dutch word dutch word for father is vader okay. uh, according to google <laughs> i've always heard that but i i just right. believed it from kids on the playground i never uh, looked <laughs> it up but google is saying it's a dutch word for father kids on the playground was our generation's version of i read it on on twitter Exactly, exactly. And it's so funny because now we have all the internet at our disposal and we still aren't sure if it's telling us the truth. Like we're still, it's still kids on the playground. <laughs> like really is. And I think this is, it's a fun question for us to talk about because my understanding is, you know, this is going to be a big part of what this upcoming show is going to be about. Is Because this show is now about Kenobi dealing with the fact that he couldn't save Anakin. And like his guilt about that and, his feel, and him trying to come to terms with that as well as having to face Anakin mm-hmm. again. Because I think one reading of it could be, and this is, I think, it, you can call this projection, and, and, and I'm not sure, but is that part of why Obi-Wan, like, if I decide someone is unredeemable, that means that it's not entirely my fault that I couldn't redeem them. Sure. And so, it's right. like, that, that, and that, not that he's even intentional, but that, that, that part of what Obi-Wan's wrestling with. And so I think this is going to be, this show, I think, is going to be a really interesting way to kind of explore that further. Absolutely. And I, and I do think there's like a, I, I wonder, you know, you say that and I wonder if it's going to be the opposite. I wonder if it's going to be, well, not the opposite, but him coming to that decision and real, like, like something happening between him and Vader, like, cause apparently they're going to have some sort of interaction in this show. Um, and, and being like, he truly is gone. You know, like I better, I better not tell his son that he's his father. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if that's why he lied, right? If right. that's why he lied, he lied because he was trying to protect Luke. But what he didn't realize was that Vader, Anakin was still in there. You know, Anakin right. could still be brought out. And like, yeah, I think, I think it, it, there's a lot of fascinating stuff there. And I hope that they deal with like that just that simple question of like, why did he lie? Right. Why did he fear Luke going to Vader so badly? What is his final experience with Vader? Like, that's such a fascinating question that I really hope they bear down on it. And I hope it's not like what made him stay in the desert all that time, you know, cause right. you can imagine, I, I don't know what they're going to do here. Cause I don't know. Um, if Vader's going to be hunting him on Tatooine, if he's going to leave Tatooine, I don't know what the, I don't know what this show's going to be about. Yeah. Um, and so let's talk a bit about the the prequels because you said you really liked that. That I think most people acknowledge the prequels are are some people love them and God bless that. I think there's some very good parts. I think some folks would say they're not the best movie making we've ever seen. Sure. Um, but what's you said the one of the things you really liked was the Obi Wan Anakin relationship in there. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh, I like that it is so explored. I guess uh, it is like. It, I, in many ways, it's what the movies are about, which I think is a smart decision. Right. Um, those movies are basically about that relationship. And I think a lot of what people complain about with those movies, uh, and there's lots to complain about 
are not that relationship. Like when you think about the scenes that everyone makes fun of Anakin for, they're when he's with Padme or when he's with uh, Jar Jar or when you know, like <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that people don't like about Annie in those first couple movies. Even the fact that people call him Annie, um, <laughs> but like the the the, the him being a student of Obi-Wan, I don't think, at least to me, has never been like a thing that people focus on uh, when they're trying to, you know, talk bad about those movies. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, again, it's it, there are cheesy cheesiness to it. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, memification of Obi-Wan where he's like this sort of just smarmy guy. Um, but I even like that Obi-Wan starts out as kind of the punk kid that yeah. Anakin is in the in the third one, you know, um, the, his, he, I don't know. There's just something there, there's something going on there about generational like teacher student relationships and stuff that I I like a lot. Yeah, well, especially since you know one thing that happens in the original movies is Obi Wan keeps saying how much Luke reminds him of his father, and you can see how that's both like you know this is like having my best friend again. And also my best friend betrayed me and killed all of my friends, you know? And so they, yeah. that's so much of the mixing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want this to go too long. These are kind of like short little things. So uh, that's kind of all the setup as you were going into the Clone Wars. You've now watched a couple episodes of the season one of Clone Wars. Uh, what are some of your initial thoughts? Okay. So I've, I, as I said, I've, on the first season, it was like, just watch these five. Uh, and uh, it's they're, they're pretty good. Uh, I I do hope they get better. I am not. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I hear. I am not so um, enamored with it yet. But uh, I I, th- I think so far I'm a little. The episodes it's had me watch have been very uh, action centric to some degree, which mm-hmm. you know I'm a Star Trek fan. I like people sitting around long tables having discussions for three hours. Yeah, uh, I like boring shows. You guys, Star Wars is far too interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like uh, I, I like where I can see where it's going. I like the character of Ahsoka a lot. Um, and so far, to be honest, I just haven't gotten much. Like it showed a couple cool episodes. It showed a, a early episode. I know the uh, idea of the clones is a, is an ongoing thing. Like the clones sort of developing their story, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And they've sort of differentiating themselves. And um, that that they did they showed one of those episodes in the first season. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And obviously with Bad Batch, which I've seen one episode of. Right. <sighs> Obviously, with Bad Batch, they take that idea even further. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I guess I don't have like super strong feelings yet. I'm just getting started, so that's why I kind of thought this was a good like we'll talk about yeah. the lo- it in loose terms because honestly, I haven't gotten much of anything out of the Ahsoka Obi Wan Anakin relationship yet, which is really why I'm here. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I I think that's very fair. I think it it does take a little while to find itself. I think. The character of Ahsoka, certainly, I think there's a lot of things that happened during that prequel era, which is both the prequel movies themselves and the Clone Wars TV show and some of the other stuff around that, which was George Lucas having a idea of what kids wanted to make it more kid-friendly that was kind of infantile in some ways. And I think Ahsoka sure. is like <clears throat> Ahsoka is one of those characters where like, once Dave Filoni was able to be like, Okay, George, I get your idea. How about you let me kind of, why don't you go off and uh, play play in the uh, studio and come up with some cool effects and let, let me kind of 
play with his character really gets to take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll also say that from the first season, uh, both the budget for the animation and the animation technology improve significantly over the next couple seasons. Because I think, for me, okay. at least the animation is so kind of basic. It's stilted. It's, it's a yeah. little, like, simple and stilted. Although, like... They, they know how to shoot an action sequence. It's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. You know, they, they do a good job on an action sequence, but I do kind of feel so far, so far, and this is season one, I know everyone tells me how much better it gets, which is why I had to do the whole, like, jump through the first season, because I could, I, I've tried multiple times that I couldn't make it through the first season. So, I, so I don't, I'm not judging it on that. I yeah. just wanted to get through the, the key moments and get to the, the good Star Trek stuff. Next Generation first season has some real stinkers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, I think that's awesome because I think that – it's funny. As much as I love Star Wars, I'm like you. I do love some of the Star Wars fight scenes, but my my favorite stuff is when they're sitting around tables discussing things. I think yeah. one of the plot lines that I think is going to get most the, – the two plot lines that I think I'm kind of most interested to talk about with you as we go forward, one is like we're going to see more and more glimpses of Anakin – not being on the path of the straight and narrow, you know, him having mm-hmm. some of these dark side tendencies, him fighting against the council and Obi-Wan being so torn between this is my student. This is my friend. This is the person I want to protect versus this is all the rules and stuff that, that I'm supposed to be believing in. Absolutely. And, and then and, you, and then below that you have Ahsoka who also has tendencies, not necessarily to the dark side that I've seen, but to, bristle at the jedi order and the, and the sort of like rules so she's pushing back constantly and in the, in the little bit i've seen she's kind of pushing back and pushing back and i think that idea is super interesting i mean even it's it's almost like this this whole story is, is a story of a line of teachers and students yeah. all the way back from qui-gon jinn who ignored the council's advice to train anakin which was really the the inciting incident that led to all of this, you know, that then the, you know, he took, then Obi-Wan takes up that sort of impetuous decision and says, okay, well then I'll do it in his name, you know, sort of. And so then, then he takes on Ahsoka and it's just this line of sort of like, th- all three of them are sort of this like impetuous uh, young student that is sort of like, trying to grow through that um and i i love that idea i love it i and and i've i've really liked ahsoka in uh the mandalorian too mm-hmm. and book of boba fett so i really want to see more i, I want to know where her origins come from i think as much as this me we're doing this watches about obi-wan mm-hmm. uh, and the new show it's as just as much about just like finding out where ahsoka comes from I think it makes sense. And I think, frankly, we may actually, with all of this, I think, because I think the thing that connects Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka is tied to a uh, a topic that I know is very dear to your heart, although sometimes you may want to talk about it more or less, uh, which is religion. Because to the extent it's all, a lot of the story of the Clone Wars, I think, is about the fall and corruption of the Jedi and and these kind of members of the, the priesthood for all intents and purposes. And what do you do when, you know, like... Christ uh, in Christianity, this story is told in terms of what Jesus experiences with the people of his day. But almost every religion, there's a story of this at some point where the religious leaders of the time become they they kind of forget that they're supposed to be the path to the vine and start thinking that they are the divine and that any question mm-hmm. of them is wrong and that 
that's very much the story of the Clone Wars. And, that, and that's, I think, going to be the other big thing that I think you'll be really interested in, because, again, this is much more the ethical stuff um, that's not easy. It's much more like sitting on a table figuring it out, is what does it do to the Jedi, especially to Obi-Wan, to now be the generals who are ordering these clones to their deaths, you know, and that the clones are not fully human, as they're taught at least. And what does that mean to, you know, so I think Obi-Wan's relationship to the clones and the degree to which he does or doesn't become friendly with them and is willing to sort of sacrifice them in battle versus Anakin being fiercely devoted to them is, is I think it's, it, it's one more sign of just how, how complex this will all get. Yeah, there's an episode in season one that I, that I watched that was interesting that they chose it on this list. And now that we're talking about this, I'm seeing the themes that are there. That are it's the episode of Grievous's Lair, um, and it's about uh, Kit Fisto and his uh-huh. Padawan fighting uh, in Grievous's Lair. Um, and the thing is, like. That, you know, I, I didn't really realize they'd do that. I, I guess I knew that they were sort of like, it's sort of an anthology where they grab different stories from different parts of the uh, time period. But um, the idea that this episode does not have any, it has a couple moments where I think they talk to Obi-Wan or something, but right. it's not about the any of the main characters that I knew. But what is interesting about that episode is that Kit Fisto's Padawan is, is very impetuous and he's angry and he has moments in there where he disregards the lives of the clones. And he also blames the clones for his mistakes. And that Padawan ends up dying in that episode. And he's, he makes impetuous decision after impetuous decision. And I kept thinking like this episode is sort of a morality play for telling us how, what happens to a Padawan who you know, goes so off the rails, which is interesting because we've got Anakin and Ahsoka who are both always pushing that direction. And often they seem, at least in the first season, um, they seem to kind of get away with it. But this other Padawan who's doing similar things does not get away with it. He dies. Yeah. No, I think it's right. I think it's very intentional kind of as a a foreshadowing of so much we're going to go through, um, both in terms of the, the Padawan who pushes things, but also in terms of that relationship with the clones, you know, because I think, and... And in this regard, like, I know you talk about this all the time, and it's something we both care about. I love when these stories hold up a mirror to our own world, you know, and where, like, in the Orville, we love how some of the stuff about the Mocklins and and, and, mm-hmm. and things in, you know, uh, in Star Trek as well, you know, it's totally different, but it makes us think about things in our own world. And I know, you know, I, I used to be really into kind of military, like, ethics and justice and, and strategy and things like that. And one thing that a lot of generals would talk about is this, you know, that that there's a need to, as part of a, as a military leader, be somewhat detached from the the soldiers you're commanding, because you have to order them into situations where they're going to be put in danger and they may be killed, mm-hmm. and that that can be both like they can be a problem to be too connected from the military standpoint, which I think we can say is is problematic, but that it also can be a problem to be so far unconnected that you're not even you have no compassion anymore, and I think that's that's where the Jedi are going to wind up being with the clones. And I think, yeah, that Padawan is a perfect foreshadowing of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great episode. Yeah. Uh, right. So yeah, I'm excited to see where, you know, this, this is Clone Wars. I think season two has a number, a lot more episodes, I believe that it wants me to watch. So before we get together, to do this again, I'm going to try to get through season two. Uh, and yeah, 
I'm excited to see how it develops. And uh, I, I'm only watching a few episodes like I have been, uh, you know, it's developing, it hopefully will develop quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll be the way to do it. We have, you know, we've got all of March, April, and May. I think kind of do and try to like one episode for each of those seasons that you watch. I think would be kind of a good way to, and then maybe watch a couple of the Rebels, Rebel episodes because they also take his story in some fun directions. Yeah, so where does Rebels happen in the timeline? And it is so, it... So, so for, well, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so, so the timeline is... You know, you have the two prequel movies, and mm-hmm. you have the Clone Wars themselves, and then and that's where this entire show that you're watching now takes place. Right. And then we have Revenge of the Sith, which is where the Galactic Empire is created and the Republic is overthrown. And then we have 19 years, because Luke is supposed to be about 19 years old, so 19 or 20 years from the birth of Luke and Leia and the birth of the Empire until the Star Wars movie starts with A New Hope and Luke Luke and Obi-Wan yeah. going on this journey. So and a lot of people have commented like look at like Brett look yeah, look at um Obi-Wan at the end of the last prequel movie and then look at him at the start of A New Hope. That does not look like a man who's aged 19 years. That looks like a man who's aged 50 years cuz Tatooine I guess is just really harsh son. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> Rebel Rebels starts about Four years before, uh, everything is, is dated by the Battle of Yavin. You know when when the first Death Star is blown up. So it starts in the year four ABY. Uh, sorry, four BBY before the battle. So it's four years before the Battle of Yavin. Four years before a, the New Hope movie begins. Gotcha. And okay. then the, the show ends. Basically, the show ends basically like the week that the Rogue One movie is taking place. Like it goes right up to that point. Oh, that's fun. Okay, and that was more a more recent show, right? Than the Clone Wars. Yeah, that Wars? was. Um, I think still pretty. I think I think that was made before the the post schools movie started coming out. But so I think it's maybe like ten years ago, ten years or so. Cool. Uh, I'll quickly look that up though. Hold on. Yeah, actually, it looks like the. Um, I think Rebels actually ran concurrently to some of those movies coming out. Uh, Rebels started in two thousand fourteen and it ended in two thousand eighteen. So. And you mentioned that uh, it, it tells some more of this story. Uh, is it obviously Star Wars? But uh, is it uh, Anakin or a, is, do Anakin? I mean, obviously Anakin probably appears as Vader. Mm-hmm. Uh, but does uh, Soka or uh, Obi Wan appear in that show? Uh, yes. Yeah, so Darth Vader continues to be a character, um, on, and he's mostly off screen, but he does appear on screen a couple times. Ahsoka does a, does continue to be a character in that show. Cool. Uh, Obi Wan does show up from time to time. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't want to give away too much because at the end, sure, of the sure, Wars, sure, sure. Ahsoka's journey takes some really interesting turns, and that's kind of reflected in that. But yeah, it's, right, it's, sure. A lot of these same characters do continue to pop up. Cool. Yeah, I'm, it, depending on how fast I can get through Clone Wars, maybe I'll get to Rebels too. Cool. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I excited excited to see this series that everyone's been telling me for years. This this yeah. makes those characters deeper, which is what I'm looking for. Yeah, I think this is a lot more of the sitting around tables that you're looking for. <laughs> Good. That is a joke, by the way. I jo- I joke about that because I just want things to have stakes, and often, especially yeah. in kids media, the action sequences have no stakes. Because they are, you know, you know who's going to win, you know what's going to happen. Um, right. I did, I did, I did note that like there's a few battles in this. I mean, like, like I said with Kid Fitzstow's um, uh, Padawan dying, 
I, people do there are stakes in this so so I'm I'm not that isn't lost on me but I do love an action sequence when it has yeah when there's a reason for it and we're not just like every week having the same battle with the same villain who goes back and laughs at their cave and you come back out and fight you know yeah no I definitely agree with that and I think you know I, I think I'm the same way like I really enjoy some of the fight scenes in Marvel movies and DC movies or Star Wars movies but there are definitely times where I'm like, you know what? Why can't we keep talking about it? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm on record as saying that uh, Captain America Civil War is in my top three, if not my actual favorite of the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. But if you had, you know, the way that movie plays out is um, Tony says we need some kind of oversight. Cap says, okay, but the oversight you're suggesting is way too uh, far. And then they fight. And if you actually gave us 20 more minutes of them and Vision and the rest of them sitting around a table discussing, should there be any kind of oversight? What should the oversight look like? I would love that. Three quarters of the audience would walk out bored out of their minds, but it's what <laughs> I would love. So, yeah, I think I think this would be more that kind of Star Wars. So, uh, well, normally this is where I would ask my guests if they're doing anything uh, in other places. Um, I hope most of the Star Wars universe people know about Stranded Panda and all that. But just for any yeah. of you going to remind them, uh, where can we find more Matt Carroll? Yeah, man, StrandedPanda.com has all the podcasts. Uh, sort of the main thing we do is the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, at least that me and uh, me and uh, Ashley and Jeff do uh, over there. And so check out the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. But also, you know, uh, we do the Star Trek po- Star Trek Universe uh, and also uh, Pandavision and Binger's Assemble are kind of like all of the, the main shows that I'm on. And uh, love I love talking about all this stuff, man. Awesome, awesome. So glad to have you on. It's going to be really fun. Uh, to our audience, what what do you all think of all this? How excited are you about the Kenobi show? Do you just have kind of vague memories of it from the uh, the original movies? Have you been kind of following with Clone Wars, the books, or any of this stuff? What do you care about? Do you think Kenobi was, was right or wrong in how he treated Luke? Let us know. You can find all the ways to contact us by going to theethicalpanda.com. There you'll find our Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can uh, find ways to leave reviews for us, uh, to participate in our fan survey, give us more information about what we're doing right, what we, you want to see see us done better, but mostly just ways to contact us. Love hearing the contact. Love getting to have these conversations with you all. So thank you so much for listening. Matt, thank you so much for being a guest, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.